Thank you. you. may be seated. I hope you brought your Bible tonight. We'll use that. We're going back into what's in a name. We're talking about the devil. And uh, like most enemies, if you do not know your enemy, uh, you're probably going to die. And just because you know about the enemy, if you do not protect yourself with what God has given you, even knowing about him, you can still die. Uh, when I was in Vietnam, this happened a lot. Every one of us were taught the same thing, what to watch out for, what to be careful of, make sure you don't do this, make sure you do that. So everybody knew, just some did not apply. And so because of that, Christians are dying left and right, falling out of the way, because though, because when you go to talk to him, you say, well, don't you know, I know that. Yeah. Well, the Bible says it, I know that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, how come you don't do it? Hey, don't be telling me what to do. So we do know. We're just not doing. Faith without works is dead, being alone. You can believe all the Bible you want to. You can quote all the Bible you want to. You can carry all the Bibles you want to. If you are not doing what you know you're supposed to be doing, you're sinning, and you will succumb to the world and basically, spiritually, die. You will, okay? I've got something else on my mind, and I knew I should have done that today, but it really wasn't me as the Lord, so take it up with him. Now, um, we talked last week and the week before, uh, over the past two Thursdays, about the devil is not dead. Now, everyone, as soon as I say that, everybody goes, that's for sure. Then how come when a husband and wife get in an argument, we don't bring his name up? Why is it when a church runs into trouble, nobody brings his name up? Why is it when our great society, uh, begins to fuss and fight and carry on and rip our nation apart. Why isn't anybody bringing up the devil's name? Because what he wants is to cause the problem without him being, him being back in the shadows and nobody. Re- but you think Christians would know better. Yeah. You think that Christians would actually be able to say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Folks, we know what's going on. What are our three greatest enemies? World, flesh, and the devil. The devil. See, we can quote that, but we forget that when it comes time to apply that. We forget what, so my hope was that learning his names, we could learn also the way that he attacks, his character, the way he behaves, these kinds of things, hopefully will make us smarter about our enemy concerning his ways of doing things and his character. So let's review here a little bit. We talked about some of that, by the way, there are like 30 some names in the Bible given to the devil, and that's not to confuse us, it's actually to help explain him to us. Okay, remember in the Bible, what's in a name? In the Bible, not today. Again, we're just making up names. I saw Mary uh, spelled out the other day. I thought, that's not Mary. It was like M Y R something. And I thought, Mary? Everybody thinks it's real cool to put a twist on everything, I guess, including the Bible anymore. And so when you read about names in the Bible, all of them had meaning. They didn't just, hey, honey, I got a cool idea. I heard this name and this way name. Why don't we change that or add the two together and call our daughter this? And we think that's really cool. You do know your children had to grow up with that. Yeah, right. That's why most kids don't like their middle names. You thought it was real cool to name them after great, 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 great grandpa. Nobody even knows what that means anymore. And you thought, yeah, that'd be really cool. And they never use it again the rest of their life. Right? It's things that we do. Why? Because it really doesn't have a meaning to it. It really doesn't, other than maybe some historical fact. But in the Bible, that wasn't true. Esau meant red. Right? Esau, he was, I don't know if that was his hair. I don't know if it was a shade of his skin. But it meant red. Also, we come to find out, you remember Jacob? Jacob's name meant trickster. That's what his name meant. That's not just what he was. That's what his name meant. It's kind of amazing that his name was that, and then he was that way. Like Achan. You know his name was Achan before he got stoned and was Achan, right? Y'all remember that? Or Bathsheba, right? You know that was her name from birth. Not just after David and her had that, that fling there. You understand? Okay, so, but in, so in the Bible, names meant something. Just like all of the names of God... Quit blaming Jehovah's Witness. His only name is not Jehovah. There's no Bible for that. That's one of his names. And not all the rest of them are included underneath of there. Throughout the Bible, it gives God all kinds of... Why? God is so infinite. For us to try to understand or recognize him at all, 
He wants us to understand, okay, no, this is, my name means this over here. And my name means that over there. And my name means that. So we can get some type of a picture of an infinite God. Same thing with the devil. And so one of the names that he gives is Satan. Satan, we read that in the Bible, means adversary. It means, it means opposer. It means accuser. It means slanderer. This is why Christians should never slander one another. It's a characteristic of the devil. That's what his name means. I was somewhere the other day on a planet far, far away. And uh, someone said, come up and start a conversation with me. Uh, Aren't you so-and-so? Aren't you related to so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? And And sure enough, you remember how many times I tell you all the time, uh, one thing goes wrong here, you'll leave, go to a church, and all you do is complain about how this is wrong and that's not right and I don't really agree, and you stay anyway? Sure enough, there it was. It's like people can't wait to tell me that kind of stuff, all right? So I tell you the best church around is Anchor, and if I go, oh, preacher, come on. No, I mean it. And so then the person, she started saying, well, so-and-so that goes here does this. I said, man, it's good to meet you. God bless you. Thank you very much. I just turned around and walked. She said, preacher, that's not very nice. You mean her gossiping? Yeah, you're right. It's not very nice. See, what she was doing was slandering. Whether it's true or not hasn't got a thing to do with it. That's right. The Bible says that love covereth a transgression. It doesn't go around talking about it. You say, what if it's true? Let's wait until it's true about you. Yeah. Yeah, you know what you're going to say? Preacher, why do they keep talking? Because it's true. Okay, anyway. Then the devil means hairy. Okay, so you bald folks, you're okay. Now, means hairy, shaggy. So you bald folks, you're still okay. It also means he goat or satyr. Okay? And so you can look that up and you can find out what that means. In Greek, it also means slanderer, accuser, or traducer. A traducer is someone that leads along as a spectacle, if you would, to expose in disgrace. Think about all the preachers you know. By the way, can I just tell you this? There are normally hundreds, if not thousands, of congregational members that leave and go back out into the world and walk out on God before most preachers do. But to whom much is given, much is required. It's just, it's just the way that it is. And so then we talked about Beelzebub with two E's. Remember that? Beelzebub. In the Old Testament, it's Beelzebub, like the false god, Baal. All right? And so we find it's the same person, but it means prince of devils. So the devil is like the prince of all the devils. All right? You follow me? Okay, are you still here? Good, wonder. It also means that he is lord or ruler of the demons. It means, I don't need to go in detail here, dung god. Or call him Mr. Fertilizer, whatever you want to do. It means Lord of the Flies. Well, if you know what dung attracts. And so therefore, how would you like to be trying to establish yourself as a god and one of your names mean Lord of the Flies? Yay. So then it also means he corrupts and decays all that he touches. Look at our world. The world didn't start off this way. The world started off in a garden, a perfect scene with a perfect man, a perfect woman, a perfect everything. And look what has happened when he stepped into the garden. Now, he didn't make anybody do anything. It was their choice. But he deceived. He led along. He talked. Listen to me, ladies. It was the woman that was deceived. Adam knew full well and walked right into it. Why? You can only assume the reasons on why he would do such a thing. You better be careful about the power you have over your husband. Can I tell you how many guys have left this church because their wife put their foot down and said, if you stay there, I'm leaving? So they said, then we'll leave. You say, well, what am I supposed to do? If I have to tell you that, you don't know anything about your Bible, do you? So then also it means serpent. Serpent means twisted, deceitful, hypocritical, beguiling. Also in Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 3, it means prudent. But prudent, we're supposed to be prudent, but this is in a bad sense. The devil, anything, anything that even sounds like it may be good or biblical, he can even use truth, but he'll change it. He'll use truth. He tried to use the Bible against Jesus Christ himself. So don't tell me he won't try to. Yeah, but preacher, it was the truth. Remember? You remember? This is a nice pen. It's a solid pen. It writes well. Okay? has a good feel to it. For a man, it's got a good grip to it. Not one of those little thin, effeminate things that... 
And by the way, what's with writing this way? I don't get that all the who, who taught you how to write? When I was in school, you had a pointer, right? And you had, what's this? I know that. All of them had nicknames. But they actually taught us how to write cursive, right? And how to print. Now, this is a good pen. You say, preacher, I'm looking for a good pen. I think I'll buy that one. Okay. My th- problem is not whether the initial thing is good or bad. I mean, if it's bad, we just drop it right there. What gets us is, but it's, it looks good. Why can't, I, why can't I have that job? They said, maybe, maybe once every couple of months I'll have to travel on the weekends. Does anybody in here know that the world keeps its word? Please don't raise your hand. What my concern is, is after you get that, which way is it leaning? No? Hey, preacher, we're moving farther away, but it's just like 35 minutes. I mean, come on, what's the big deal? Well, if your kids are in school and you're faithful to church, you're talking at least 13, 14, or 15 times every week. Coming and going all the time. And don't give me that. Up at First Baptist, there's people that live 15 miles away. Good. This ain't First Baptist. And by the way, most of those people didn't move away from the church. They they already were there and kept driving to the church. See the difference? Okay. So anyway, that's my big concern. Which way is it leaning? Is anybody writing this stuff down? This important stuff. I like. Okay. And if you ever get my pen, don't keep it. All right. And so then also murderer. Jesus Christ gave him that title. Remember we talked about that? Jesus Christ gave him the title murderer. Murderer. So when you have thoughts of murder, which I had to repent of all the time. But anyway. (laughs) He has always had a passion to destroy and to kill. Talking about the devil, not me. Talking about the devil. In John 10.10, 10, says, The thief cometh not but for to kill and to destroy. Or destroy and kill. Kill and destroy. Okay? So he's saying the only reason he showed up here wasn't to become your friend, wasn't just to become the god of a planet. He came here to destroy and to kill. And we know that he has escalated his, his, his activity because look what's going on in our world. You do know that in the days of Noah, one of the prerequisites for destroying this world was the violence. Was the violence. And down through his... And by the way, guess who gets blamed for most of the violence? Religion. Christianity. Well, if I was running this world and I was the devil, guess who I'd blame it on? So this is what happens here. Then it talks about as a roaring lion. Am I on? Am I? Okay. How about now? Huh? Okay. It talks about a roaring lion in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. As a roaring lion. See, your kids have grown up going like this. Oh, they're so cuddly. I see them at the zoo. That's not what we're talking about here. What he's talking about is a wild animal starving looking to rip your throat out. You know those cute little cuddly full-grown lions? Wouldn't you just like to hold their mane? Look, you ain't Daniel. Okay? I wouldn't suggest you try that. But on a spiritual level, the Bible says that he walketh about seeking whom he may what? Be friends with? Get along with? If we all just agree, wouldn't that be good? Quit, quit, quit shaking your head yes. Not going to happen. That is a hippie dream that started back in the 60s. What's wrong with you people? You're not even old enough to remember that. Hippies, they're running our nation right now, and they still believe that if you were a flower child and you loved everybody, they'd love you in return. Yeah, I found that out when I was in Vietnam. Yeah, they just wanted to love me to death. So we find out here he is, he is stealthy, but also he's ruthless. You're not going to see him come. He does, here I come. We're not playing hide and go seek. Here I come. I've counted. I'm giving you warning. So we march off to work. We go to our families. We go out into society, and we are not looking for him whatsoever, which he's very happy about. There's a real devil. And that real devil is destroying the cause of Christ and the Anchor Baptist Church. You think so, preacher? 
I can almost tell you who are regularly in their Bible and music on the Word of God. This is not what a Christian does when they're close to God. Is he talking about me? I haven't done anything wrong. That's the way we gauge our Christianity. I'm sorry, I got something on my mind here. He gives no advance. And by the way, he sure loves to roar after he's got his prey. Right? You've heard it all over the internet, right? Guess what I heard? Preacher so-and-so fell into sin. Oh, my goodness. Guess what I found out? Preacher so-and-so fell. And before you know it, this guy has murdered people. And then when somebody straightens you out, you go, oh, I didn't know that. Then why in the world did you, I'm sorry, open your mouth? Again, you'll stop that when it's you. But you won't be able to stop it. We also talked about that he's a lot. Oh, that, oh. That's a bad one, right? Liar. Honey, don't be telling fibs. So can somebody show me fib in the Bible? Anybody? No, go ahead. Please stand up. Get on your phone right now and Siri. Ask your best friend. You've never read it. You've never studied it out. But Siri will tell you. You're having an affair with somebody named Siri, right? Is that female or male? We don't really care. He is the focal point and the fountainhead of all liars, deceivers, and purposeful misleading. Now think about business out in the world. Think about politicians. <clears throat> they act like what, we weren't sure that was going on. They know. They know. <coughs> bankers know what bankers are going to do. Rich people know where money's headed. That's why nobody's building on the west side. Anyway, they, they know that. Why do they keep heading northeast and out that way? Because that's where money's going. I mean, follow the money. Yes? Okay. Except when it comes to Christianity, that'll ruin you. So even when he may use the truth, even if he may use the talking about the devil, he's going to use it to eventually turn it into a lie and mislead and destroy. That's what he does. And then he's called the tempter. In the Bible, he's called the tempter. Now, in his particular case, he doesn't test. He tempts with lust of some kind to draw you away from God and destroy your life. So that redhead you're looking at, fellas... That muscular guy you keep thinking, oh, I wish my husband was still in shape. Well, he is. He's just not that shape. <laughs> we said that it appears as though what God put into him when he was in heaven. Remember, one of his devilish names is not Lucifer. That was when he was an archangel and right with God. God created him to be that anointed cherub. At the, that, uh, that, that was over the throne of God. And we understand the pipes that were in him and the music that was in him and, and all of the great gems that were. I can't imagine how beautiful and the sound must have been absolutely, no pun intended, out of this world. All of that, when he's kicked out, no place in the Bible does it says all of that stayed in heaven. By the way, when Christians fall into sin, where they learned to sing was in church and then they took that out in the world. They didn't lose that. God's going to take your voice. Ma'am, you're not a prophetess. Get over it. God knows what he's doing with his children, and he'll do it when he's ready. God knows how to straighten things out faster and better than we do, so we'll leave it at that. So all of these things in him, wisdom, knowledge, power, prudence, beauty. He's beauty. Now, his character is ugly as all get out, but he is beautiful. Remember, he's the anointed chair before God. God didn't look around and go, oh, I wish you weren't there anymore. He didn't do that. He created him this beautiful archangel that stood before the throne of God itself. And when he tried to overthrow God, God kicked him out. Now, he's not completely down on the earth yet. That's future. That'll take place in the book of Revelation. But he is the prince and power of the air. We'll talk about that tonight if we get that far. And so we want to learn. All so what's in a name? Next, because I know you're all writing this down. You memorize it. I'm sorry. You memorize it. Go to Revelation chapter 12, and we'll finally open up our Bible. 
because I, I know you brought it and I know you know it well, so I, I'm not even sure why we're turning. I'm sure you could quote all this stuff. Revelation chapter number 12, look at verse number 3. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 3. See, I don't have a Bible. You didn't ask for one? Folks, look, we got to snap out of this. This whole falling to sleep in church and just staring and glad, well, at least I was at church, that doesn't mean a thing. I went to the ball game, have no idea who played. I was there. Why? Why are you at church tonight? Well, because if I don't, the preacher will talk about me. You're right. I'm doing it now. And you're still not catching on. Like, is he talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Look at Revelation chapter 12, verse number 3. We're talking here about the dragon. Watch what he says, verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, dragon having seven heads and ten horns. Don't get all caught up in that. I was talking about kingdoms and stuff that, that's... Um, a political power. But watch what happens here. It, look at verse number 7. And there was war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. So the dragon, the devil, which is a name for him, has his angels, and then Michael evidently has a section of angels that are under his authority, and then you have Gabriel, right? You have, these are the ones that we know names of. I don't know who else that may be, but these are the way that we categorize them. Look at verse number 8. And prevailed not, he said, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place any more found in heaven. Not talking about the heaven. Talking about the heavens. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. The word here is used for any great monster whether it be in the sea or on the land, it applies here and the apocalyptic monster that's talking about right here. Has all these heads and all these all these these crowns and all these things going on, which is another study. To the Greeks, the dragon was something fabulous. I mean, they worshiped it. They talked about it. It's a great thing here. Powerful, powerful, able to overcome a mystical creature, ferocious, fighting able to take on a lot, hardly ever heard. They, they worshipped the dragon here. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you go to, um, 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 what do you call them? Markets. Flea markets. There you go. Flea, flea markets. Um, <laughs> you go, I don't know why you'd go there and get them here. Um, you go to flea markets, you go to garage sales, you do all this. Let me just ask you, let your mind wander a little bit. How often do you see things concerning demonic things? Dragons? Statues? Oh, preacher, it's just, I, I, I just like them. That's like saying I like a tarantula. Why? Why would you do it? Why would you keep a scorpion in your house? I just think they're really cool. Why would you keep a dragon in your house? Statue. Why would you do that? Why would you have a picture of Satan or a, or a, or a, or a, a bust, if you would, a head uh, that looks like Satan, made up, whatever the case may be? Why would you do that? But you've seen them there in all these places. Satar. That's kind of a be it's, it's a mythological beast that walks on two hoofs and has a lot of other features we don't want to talk about. And so we find out the dragon is very prominent in the dark world. You, you go to these places and you'll almost always see crystal balls. You'll see... Um, 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 man, mine's just not working tonight. Pete, you're right. Um, and so you, you'll see these uh, sculptures and stuff of him, right? You'll see all this demonic stuff. But you know what we do? Man, that's really cool. That's it, in the story. If we don't buy it, that's in the story. Why? Because we don't believe in the devil anymore. We can even go to places that basically all they do is sell demonic merchandise. And we just think it's cool. Man, they got some cool stuff in there. Have you been in there? No, that's what we say. You go like, no. Okay, I'm not asking you. Okay, who's been in there? Let me see. Again, in the scripture before us, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 4, 8, and 9, he is set on destroying God's people. Do you understand this? How many of you are saved? Pretty sure you're good. Okay. He is out to destroy your life. He's not really after you. He's after hurting any cause of Christ whatsoever. Thus, the local church is under fire. 
And we have opened the doors and told the world. Anyway, be here next Sunday night. Anyway, and so, and then the dragon is identified, uh, uh, the dragon is identified with the devil and Satan. So when you read about the dragon, it is identified with Satan and the devil. So you got one in your house, sitting on your coffee table, it looks real cool. All these Japanese and Chinese type things going on. They used to worship that stuff. I'd probably some of them still do. But see, you saw the movies. Oh, it's really cool in the movies. Right? What, what's the little, um, um, you get all these people fighting dragons and stuff. What do you think they come up with this stuff at? So, here's what we have. So, it, go, go to 1 John. You're almost there, right before Revelation. 1 John, chapter number 5. 1 John, chapter number 5. He's called the wicked one. So not only is he referred to as a, as, as, a, as a serpent, but also the wicked one. That doesn't sound good, does it? He didn't say the kind of nice one. He didn't say the one you kind of made up in your head. He said the wicked one. He called him the wicked one. In John chapter number 5, look at verse number 18 and verse number 19. Uh, yeah, okay. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself... And that wicked one toucheth him not. So much your soul. And we know that we are of God and the whole world. How much of the world? The whole world does what? Lieth in the lap of wickedness. Just as God embodies everything that is good and holy. The devil embodies everything that is absolutely uh, 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 evil and unholy. unholy. There's nothing good about it. Even when he presents good and light and beauty, there's nothing good about it. It is simply to mislead and to destroy. You understand? You want to know what's going on in churches? You know that, that Christian you keep talking about? Do you know what happened to him? Do you know what happened to her? This is what happened. We keep blaming people or her or him or them or that church or that preacher. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. The devil is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. He is the wicked one and he is everything that is evil and unholy. Everything. In John chapter number 5, the picture here is of the world lying in the lap of Satan and blinded that he's there. That's scary. That's just scary. The whole world. He says here, the whole world. How many lately have looked at the world this way? We don't look what Mother Nature's doing now. Wow, that's too bad about that church closing. Nobody brings up the devil. Nobody brings up the wickedness. Nobody brings up, you know why? We're too educated. You know they've disproved. There's, there's no proof to this. Have you looked at the world? Where is the proof you're looking for? Yep. And even if that weren't there, let God be true and every man a liar. Yeah. So we know that he's there because God said so. Amen. That should be enough right there. Number 11, accuser of the brethren. Accuser of the brethren. This is why another reason you should not accuse your brother to other people. It is a characteristic of the devil. Accuser of the brethren. With this title, and he being known as a liar, one would think that the accusations would all be false. But it's not always so. Sometimes the devil tells the truth. For example, you sinned last week? He's the accuser of the brethren. He ran right to God. That one of yours, right? He went, you look what he did. He doesn't always lie. He's the father of lies, but he doesn't always lie. He used the truth against Jesus Christ, right? He actually even started almost using the truth against Eve, right? How often have you actually used the Bible so that you don't have to serve the Lord? Had a guy walk up to me one time. People are so, so silly. And he said, hey, preacher, just want you to know, I was reading in the Old Testament now, it's kind of an obscure passage, and it's hard to understand, but I don't think I have to tithe. What do you think about that? I said, I'm not the one who told you to, to begin with. Take it up with God. Folks, if you don't want to, you're not going to. But who would not want you to do things that are right that God talks about? Who, who would want you? 
the devil and anybody being used of the devil. I have a message. Did the devil tell the truth about you to God? I just kind of look at the floor and go, hmm. Quit, hmm. You know, I do. Look, when I sin, I know it's me. When my spirit is rotten, right? Can you imagine me sitting in a church service and being quiet? Why? It's not me. It's not me. When you amen or you get excited or you smile and you shake your head and all of a sudden it just stops, something's wrong. Don't fool yourself. When you say I'm having a bad day and it's turned into a whole year, something is wrong. Okay? That argument between you and your wife or you and your husband been going on now for months and months and months. Well, we do this sometimes. For months and months? You're not right with God. There's no way in the world. Let not, let not, let not your uh, uh, son go down on your wrath. You're supposed to make that right for you go to bed at night, bud. And since you're the spiritual leader, sir, right, we are. Right? We're the head of the home. Then why don't you start acting like it? Go in there, apologize, say, honey, I'm sorry. We can't keep going. The devil is trying to cause a problem. Let's stop this right now. But you left him out, didn't it? So now it's her. Or your mother-in-law. Which, about the same thing. Now, the devil launches accusations against the believer to rob him of his peace and mar his service. Folks, look, you're not going to give your all when you've been sinning. You're just not going to do it. You cannot serve two masters at the same time. So therefore, when you're trying to get by with what you want to do, that's why you don't praise the Lord when you come here. Everything is right for you to praise the Lord. Raise your hand. Amen. Shout. Run the aisle. Everything, everything is right here. So why aren't we? It's just not me. Don't tell me. I've watched you. Yes, you have. You've amened. You've shouted. You shook your head. You smiled at me. Give me thumbs up. You have did something. But now it's like this. Where, where are you? Where, where, where are you? If it's sin, here is where you are. This is an altar, and you're supposed to come to an altar. The reason you don't come is because you have too much pride. I'll go home and get right. Fella, lady, if you cannot come here and get right with all these people praying for you and wanting you to do what's right, you think when you're alone, you're all of a sudden going to take on the world, the flesh, and the devil all by yourself. You may get by with that once in a while, but it ain't going to be consistent, that's for sure. He's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us to God. He accuses us to each other. Look at her staring at you. You know why she's doing that, right? She never has liked you. It's not that I know. But I, I kind of understand when she's talking sometimes. Right? He accuses us to us. Guilt is a terrible thing, amen? Oh, now you amen with that one, because you know what that's like, okay? Guilt. The preacher hits on something, you go like this. Or you do the, I'll just keep staring, that way nobody will know. This looks natural. That look natural? Everybody walks around this way. Only God can accuse his children. Go to Romans chapter number 8. The devil's using this against you to destroy you. If you get things right with God, that ends the story, except the devil, the world, and the flesh will not let you forget what you did. But watch what happens here in Romans chapter number 8. In Romans chapter number 8, watch this very carefully. Starting in verse number 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be? Amen, preacher, amen. That's right, if God be for us. Okay, let's read the rest of it here. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen. See, God will give us all things freely. Hold on. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? That's talking about Christians, not super-duper Catholics. 
There's no super-duper Catholic. There's no super-duper pastor, no super-duper Baptist. There are saints and there are sinners. There are lost people and saved people. If you're saved, you're a child of God no matter how you're living. But how many of you parents in here love a disobedient, rebellious child? Please raise your hand. I love them that way. Anybody? No, but they're still your children, aren't they? But when a child yields and is loving, it doesn't make him perfect. But you know his heart's right and he's heading in the right direction. Same thing with God. God knows. So watch what he says here. Look at the verse, next verse, verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? Who are you letting condemn you about this stuff? I'm not talking about sin and act like it's no big deal. It is a big deal. But if God has set you free, you're free indeed. Not to do what you want, but to serve Him. And the devil doesn't want you to, so he keeps throwing this at you to make you feel guilty, unworthy. I'm not talking about unworthy. I don't deserve what he did. I'm talking about unworthy. I sinned. I can't do anything anymore. Go get right with God and then run back to the devil and the Lord and say, Thank you, Lord, and you get lost. Why? Because the Bible said here, who, sh- who is he that condemned? Is Christ that died for you? Yeah, he rather rose from the dead. Christ died for you and saved you. Who's going to condemn you? Your Savior said, I set you free. So watch what he says here. Go down to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It's not your love for Christ keeping you. Think of how fickle that is. Think of how frail your love is. You don't even like your kids sometimes. Oh, why did we ever have you? Yes, I didn't mean it that way. Too late. You already said it. My mom used to say it all the time. You know you were an accident. You weren't planned at all. Love you too, mom. So, watch what he says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Of the love of Christ. Not your love. Love of Christ. And he finishes up that way too. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Amen. That sounds nice Christianity, doesn't it? Sheep for the slaughter. Yay. Right? We don't like the Any verses we don't like, we just quickly read over and go on. Right? Next. 37, nay, and all these things, we are more, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, then why do I feel so convicted? One of two reasons. Either you haven't confessed your sin and given it to the Lord. Or you have and the devil just keeps beating you with something because you don't understand what God has done for you. So you come here and when it's shouting time, you go like this, yeah, but I can't. I feel so much like a hypocrite. Get right with God and you have as much right to shout. Now, no, no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous. But if you'll let patience have her perfect work, it'll bring forth the peaceable fruit. Now I can shout again. The peaceable fruits of righteousness. You're living in sin. None of that applies to you. It's yours, but it doesn't apply to you. So watch what he says here. Nay, and all these things were more than conquerors through him that loved us. Not your love for him. You keep thinking, God, I want to love you, but I'm not worthy. Thank God it's his love for you and not your love for him. Wait a minute, we're not done. Wait a minute. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life... Wow, that's kind of permanent. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor which is coming our direction, by the way. Nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You better thank the Lord, God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son. Because if it's our love keeping us, we're all headed to hell. We're all in trouble. Because one day, I just don't want to serve the Lord anymore. Okay, you're on the way to hell. That's, it's over. But God said, no, no, you more than conquerors. Through Him. That love does. Don't let the devil keep pulling that on you. Okay, you blew it. I mean, you pulled a dumb stunt and you thought, oh, I hope nobody ever finds out. I do too. Because Christians aren't very forgiving people. Christians are not very forgiving people. My wife said the other day we were talking about something. You. No. And uh, she said, honey, I think Anchor is one of the most forgiving churches that I know of. Now, we're not going to forgive you, but other people we have. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, let's go on. We've got, we got to get through this. Okay. So, the wicked one. Number 11. The accuser. Oh, we're, we're on number 11. The accuser of the brethren. There we go. Number 12. Ready? The prince of this world. <sighs> Isn't it something that God gets blamed for all the things that are going wrong in this world? 
He's not the God of this world right now. Yeah, that's right. Now that comes to a shock to a lot of unlearned biblical people. Yes. What? God's the Lord of everything. No, you're not. Right. He's not the Lord of lost people that are doing what they want. That's right. He's not the Lord of this world. That's right. Watch what uh, and he's said. He's referred to as the prince of this world and the God of this world. The God, small g. You can't, don't make him equal with God, like there's two gods fighting it out. There's not. There's an angel who thinks he's going to be able to overthrow God Almighty's plan. Not going to happen. Okay? But watch what happens here. Go to John chapter number 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14. Jesus gave Satan the title Prince. Prince? Why would God call him a prince? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go back, I think. Uh... I thought we were going to go back into Daniel, but maybe we're not. Okay. Look, at, look in John chapter 14, verse number 30. You there? Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. He was called the prince of this world. Of this world. The one you live in. Who's he talking to? He's talking about the devil, right. Satan, Lucifer, the liar, the destroyer, the lion. That's who he's talking about. Not the lion of the tribe of Judah, but the lion who's looking to tear you apart. Mm-hmm. Understand, folks, he doesn't care how much you hurt or how right. much he destroys. When you're down, he'll rip you to shreds and leave you lying there to die. And then go around talking about how that's one of God. Yeah, yeah, right. that's one of yours. Yeah, yeah, look at him down there. Yeah. That's what he tried to do with Job. The only thing Job had was just, I've lost everything, but I got God. Please forgive me for saying it. I think most of us lose everything. We'll walk out long before we lose everything. I hate to say this, but it's coming to a theater near you. I heard another preacher, I'm not going to tell you who it is, a well-known preacher, lots and lots of influence, and I mean a good preacher that finally made the statement that I've been making for years. The IRS getting ready to take your uh, status from this church. they also getting ready to take away a lot of your rights for agreeing with Bible-known preachers. So you're willing to lose it all? For the cause of Christ? <laughs> Whether you're willing or not, it's, it's heading our direction. How soon? That I can't tell you. It's just got, why? Who, so why would they do that? Prince and power of the air, the God of this world. Now, why would the God, the devil of this world, allow us to have all the liberty to preach the gospel and run around and be tax-free and come and go as we please and everybody should defend us? We're living in a dream. Don't miss next Sunday night. What we have here is this is a clear implication that the devil heads up the present godless society. You keep talking about the Democrats. You keep talking about the news media. You keep talking about everybody but the devil. They are minions. Look, we we are born-again Christians, and God works through people, his people. The devil works through those that are not gods, that do not belong to God, apostrophe, possessive. God. You understand? So what he does, he works through kings, principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. He's not talking about heaven. He's talking behind nations. Behind every nation, there are, I believe, two princes. One that belongs to the devil. You think Biden's making all these dumb decisions? That guy has no idea if he breathed today. He's not sure how many times he's tripped. He has no idea at all. There is a prince, the Bible talks about in Daniel. And when Gabriel was trying to fight his way through to answer one of God's servants, look at me, hey, pay attention, to pray, to pray. Gabriel comes and says, for 21 days I was hindered. Guess where, guess where, guess where? Anybody know? In the air. In the air. Somewhere between the third heaven and earth, there was a mighty battle going on. It's going on right now. It's going on right now. It was so intense 
that Gabriel had to call Michael. And the Bible in Daniel calls Gabriel a prince. The Bible in Daniel calls Michael a prince. A prince. At the same time, it talks about the king of Persia. Angels are referred to many times as princes. Not princesses. They're not feminine. Sorry, ladies, they're not. Everybody knows that women can't be angels. Anyway, so what happens here, that's worth coming for right there. So what we have here, he's the prince and power of the air, of the air. Go to Ephesians chapter number two. What, where am I at here? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Don't go there. Go to 1 John chapter number two. 1 John chapter number two. Went by revelation. 1 John chapter number two. Folks, look, when you, when you read the Bible and you run into something you don't know, I don't believe that. That's not the way you read the Bible. Let God be true and every man a liar. Wow, I didn't know God said that. Well, that's what it says. It has to be true. You're so not, we have become so knowledgeable. Look, we, I, I talk about Peter. I talk about Cain. How, how they just talk back to God. Jonah did the same thing. Jonah, do you have a right to be? Yes, to death. God Almighty was trying to re. Why would God have to reason with us? Because God, God is not looking to kill anybody. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. So Cain, he comes to him and says, where are your brother? And he tries to talk with him about the right sacrifice, and Cain just wouldn't have it. He's talking to God, the Creator. Talking back. He said, yeah, that's terrible. When God points something out to you and you say, I don't believe that, you're doing the same thing, talking back to God. This is called God's Word. God's Word. So when you look at this, well, I just don't think that's that. You're talking to God Almighty, a finite, human, sinful individual, talking directly to an infinite, holy God and saying, I don't believe what you said. By the way, if you're not saved, that's what you're saying too. You call God a liar. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 12 through 14 says that. So, what do we have here? In 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, are you there? 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, for all that is in the world, in the world, in the world. Who's the God of the world? Talk to me. Who's the God of this world? The devil. Watch. For all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of the life, is not of the Father. Everything in this world, other than God's kids, is not of the Father. So guess what the devil uses against us? The devil uses our own lust. Lust for sexual things. Lust for money. Lust for power. Lust for rebellion. Lust for building my own kingdom. Whatever. Lust is just a strong desire. So put after that anything you want to. The devil uses the things of the world which are his. That's what he tried to do with Jesus, right? Took him up on a pinnacle, showed him all the kings of the world. He said, all these things will I give to you if you bow down to me. He tried to approach Jesus like he does every man. That's what he's approaching you with. Your church is, it's in trouble, and you're going like, well, I need to save my money. Well, I need to watch out for me. Well, God wants me to, yeah, explain that to me. Please explain that to me. You say, what are you suggesting? Be here on Sunday night, a week from now. Maybe after Faith Harbor Week, you won't be here at all. I was listening to Brother Tony the other night, and I kept thinking, man, I hope he preaches that here. People, when they come here, they're very careful about what they preach, and I wish they wouldn't do that. So... He said, all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, is not of the Father. Is not of, everything in this world is not of the Father. So the devil uses the world to excite your own lust, which every man has. James chapter number 1, verse number 12 through 13. You have that, and he knows that. And he knows we want a lot of stuff. I mean, come on. It's right. Why can't we have? Why can't I do? How come I'm not allowed? Right? That's... Yeah. Right? That's us. Right? Listen to yourself. Why can't I have a bigger house? Why can't I have a better car? Why can't I have a better uh, 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 friend? And so, watch what happens here is all of this stuff here, 
and he says, is not of the Father. All that, look at me, all that's in the world is not of the Father. It can't be. Why? Because it's the lust, the lust, the lust. Right? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. It's that, none of that's of the, of the Lord. None of it at all. So the fashion, the philosophy, the form, all is of the devil. He is the ruler of the world, so organized as to exclude God. What do you think is going on in politics right now? What do you think is going on in our schools right now? What do you think is going on in families right now? There are Christians sitting at home wondering who they're going to side with, what they're going along with, where they're going to compromise. Love you. Would you please tell me why you live the way you do? Would you please tell me where you got that philosophy that you think is right? That's good, preacher. That move you're getting ready to make? Well, I just think, when did you become God of your life? This is what the devil approached Eve with. You know, if you start thinking for yourself, you could be like God's. You know that, right? A little more education. Tree of knowledge. Yeah. Education's everything, you know. <laughs> Family before everything. Everything you've been taught is a lie. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. All of this stuff here. A world established on the principles of selfishness and greed. Now, I know right off the bat we begin to back, oh, I'm not really greedy. I'm just saving for a rainy day. Well, it's pouring right now. Manifesting itself in the atheistic philosophy and unbridled violence and lasciviousness. You know what that is? Unmanageable, uncontrolled sexual behavior. Look at the world. I mean, you're on, you're on Facebook all the time. Look at it. If you're going to be there, at least be honest about stuff. Please don't miss Sunday night. The attraction to worldliness is an attraction to follow the leader of the world. And it ain't God. You mean to tell me God is the God of this world and this is going on? Something's up with that, okay? Go to Ephesians chapter number 2. We're almost done. We're almost done. Almost is a... It's, it's a varying word. Ephesians chapter number 2. See if I can find it. There it is. Ephesians chapter number 2. He's the prince and power of the air. Prince and power of the air. He's the prince and power of the air. We talked about that a minute ago, didn't we? Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 2. Let's start verse number 1. And you hath he quickened. That means made alive. He's talking to Christians. Who were dead in trespass and sins. Amen. If you're saved, he's talking to you. Now watch. Wherein in time past, before you got saved, you walked according to the course of this world. There is a course in this world that before you were saved, you walked just like other people. It varied here and there. But basically, everybody starts wearing their head orange, green, purple, and chartreuse. No, I've just always wanted to. Look, you don't even remember. You're not old enough to remember. White guys used to have afros in the 60s. White guys running around with afros. Yeah, I kind of always was naturally curled. No, you weren't. I remember you. Now it's bald. Bald is beautiful. I thought black, I thought black is beautiful. Amen. Black people. Amen, brother. Now, power of the people. Now, you're welcome, sir. You're from Africa. Are you black? You, they consider you black? What'd you say? Absolutely. What'd you, what'd you say? What'd you say? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> verse number three watch what he says the spirit that now work at the end of verse number two the spirit that now the power of the air is the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience watch what he says now among whom also we all had our conversation not talking about our words talking about our lifestyle in times past here it is lust of the flesh Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath even as others. 
It, it's hard not to do. There is a lot of pretty stuff out there. A lot of nice stuff out there. A lot of, you could spend every dime you've got and even dimes that Biden wants to give you, which he's not allowed to. Now, all of this stuff, it's a beautiful world. And there's a lot of beauty still out there. Not everything is West Side Bottoms. I just said West Side Bottoms. People go, what's that mean? Uh, Talk to me later. Now, the question arises, what is meant by prince and power of the air? Is it figurative or is it literal? I think it's literal. For what I said just a little while ago, go to Jude chapter, chapter, go to Jude verse 6, wet by revelation. Jude and verse 6. John, John, Jude, Revelation. Okay, you there? Look at verse number 6. So the question, I, I, I believe it's literal. I believe fallen angels and demons engulf our planet. Now, when my engine quits working in the car, I don't have a demon working in my engine. Remember, they work through people just like you do, just like God does. All right? You understand? Demons are corporate beings. They have to be in someone or something or they can't do anything. Just like the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is not hovering over the building. (laughs) Holy Spirit of God works in people. We are sealed with the Holy Ghost of God unto the day of redemption. We pray and say things that really aren't biblical sometimes. But watch what happens. (coughs) I believe literal. Fallen angels and demons engulf our planet. Jude, verse number 6. In verse number 6, And the angels which kept not their first estate. Now these are the ones that were in heaven along with Lucifer, not the devil. Lucifer was the archangel. That was his name then. Verse number 6, Hath he reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So we come to find out there, these are those that are reserved in chains of darkness. However, go to Revelation chapter number 12. You're almost there. Revelation chapter number 12, drop down to verse number 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of the brethren, which accused them before God night and day. I'm sorry, I I missed it. Sorry, my eyes are messing up here. And the power for the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before God night and day. They and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Go down to verse number 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, heavens, not the heaven and not earth, the heavens. That's the in between those two places. There are three heavens. There's the the atmosphere, the stratosphere and the heaven where God dwells. That's what Paul said. I died, whether in the flesh or in the, or in the spirit, I know not. But I know, I, he talked about the third heaven. The thir- Paul did. That's in the Bible, folks. And talk about the third heaven. Watch what happens here. And then he goes on in verse number 11. Uh, they overcame him, but go to verse 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down to you having great wrath, because he know that he hath but a short time. Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman, this is talking about Israel, which brought forth the man-child. He's talking about Jesus. Uh, and so we can go on and read that, which you'll probably do anyway. So the battle that is taking place is between heaven and earth. Go to Daniel chapter 10. You know where Daniel is? Right next to Hosea. That'll help you, right? <laughs> Daniel chapter number 10. Now, I was talking to you a little while ago about the princes, and that's why in Romans it said uh, principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness and high. It's talking about governmental things. Governmental things. All of these laws are killing the cause of Christ. For the longest time, we have been spoon-fed thinking government is standing for us. 
and the world loves a good Christian. And man, it's not that bad living here, right? It's all coming to a stop. Whether how abruptly, that I don't know. Please be here. So watch what he says here in Daniel chapter number 10. Look at verse number 12. Now Daniel's been praying now for a long time in verse 12. Then uh, said he unto me, fear not Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, talking about what was going on in these visions and stuff, and to cast thyself before the Lord, talking about in prayer and fasting, thy words were heard and I am come for thy words. Now at this point someone is talking to Daniel about God's intentions. What happened to be Gabriel? Watch what happens. But the prince of the kingdom, of, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, withstood me twenty-one days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes. Now Michael is an archangel. He talks here in just a moment. Came to help me with the kings of Persia. So he's not talking about who's really running the kingdom here, but who's running the kingdom here. The prince. There is a prince called the prince of Persia. And Gabriel, a prince, and Michael, a prince, both are archangels. The two, two of the mightiest angels the Bible talks about could not seem to get through to answer Daniel's prayer because there was a prince, an angel, a mighty fight going on in heaven. Gabriel could not get through. God sent him dispatch to go help Daniel in his prayer. Daniel's waiting down here. So somewhere in between there, there's this great battle going on. And we wonder sometimes, God, why in this and that? Did you keep praying? Did you stop your prayer? Did you get, well, maybe God doesn't want that. So, watch what happens here. Go down to verse number 13. He said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for, uh, for 20, uh, one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Look over at verse number 20, that same chapter. And he, then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. Now, he's not talking about a fleshly prince. There's no way in the world a human being can withstand an archangel. There's no way in the world. So he must not be taught. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grisha shall come. There are princes, angels, behind the powers, principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. So when he's talking about the prince of the air, the question arises, what is meant by that? And now we know a little more about those kinds of things. And so I have some final thoughts, but we'll stop right there. Uh, folks, listen to me. We, we, have a, we have a great book, and everything is true. You put it in its proper place, rightly dividing the word of truth, okay? If you read it, you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to go to Bible college. You don't have to be a pastor to understand the Bible. But one thing you will have to do is spend time in it. There are some of the most uneducated people I know are some of the greatest preachers I know. I don't think you'll mind me telling you this, but Brother Daryl Cox and I went to college. I'll tell you one thing he has. Righteousness and power. And that's why when he preaches, he's going, man, what's with this guy? He don't do anything. By the time it's done, you're going, I need to go to the altar. It's power. You have to be educated. Power doesn't come along with education. Maybe in the world, that's a great thing. I'm not against it, but most of the time, education ruins a person. Knowledge puffeth up. Folks, if we're going to do anything, we're in the last days, have been ever since Jesus Christ. But we are heading towards, if the rapture took place tonight, could you honestly give God reasons for what you're doing, why you're doing it, why you're hanging on to this, why you're getting close to that, why you're walking away from this, why there's no commitment? I'm just asking. I'm just, I have to ask myself the same thing. You know what we're worried about? Am I going to eat? When's somebody going to help me? How come I have to go through this? And our Savior died for you. For what reason? He loved you. I will forgive your sin. 
I will come in and give you the power you need. I will give you the book to lead and guide you. All the instru- I will give you a local church called the Body of Christ. You'll have brothers and sisters there. You have a father. Everything possible he has given to us that were sinners, right. not worth looking at. Scarcely for a righteous man, some would dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. He didn't die for good people. He died for sinners. And if you're not a sinner, you can't be saved. Because you have to admit from your mouth, I am a sinner. You're going to have to agree with God. Again, it's in the book. You say, I don't believe that. Don't, don't talk back to God. Agree with God. That's all you got to do. Agree with God. There's an enemy out there. You don't care how much you hurt, how much you lose, how you're defamed. And when you step into sin... He won't have to broadcast it. We do that pretty good without his help. And he's winning this battle until. One day, right in the middle of the Battle of Armageddon, the skies are going to split wide open. And a king of kings and lord of lords, everybody will say, Internet. Did you see that on the internet? What is that thing in the sky? Jesus coming back. You won't believe this. On a white horse. So how do you know it's him? Somebody made a stupid statement the other day. I I think it was um, uh, Andy Stanley. Don't listen to that guy. And he said, I don't believe in the Bible. I believe in Jesus. Well, how do you know that's the right Jesus without the Bible? Stupid. People make educated young white people going like this. Wow, yeah, that's true. No, it's not true. Young white folks are so stupid anymore. Can't believe how dumb we've gotten. We'll fall for anything. We just will. Praise the Lord. I was reading this sign that Mike put up here. He didn't get my okay, but he put it up there. This whole thing about, um, uh, I was thinking about the storefront. There was a day without any advertisement. Everybody found out about your church because it was on fire. That's why it was in the storefront. They just kept on coming. I kept thinking, what are all these people doing here tonight? They just kept on coming. I have decided to set the place on fire. Not literally. <laughs> well, I guess it's over with. <laughs> How much gasoline we got next door? Now watch. It'll catch fire. Now I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> Was it true, insurance company, that you said on this night? Yeah, I said that. Folks, listen to me. If we're not going to get on fire for God, we're going to be overtaken by the world. So what do we got to lose? Ready? Everything but Jesus. That ain't so bad. Let's all pray. Father, thank you so much.